0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, David Brownstein. On the show today, we have Mr. Sean Hess. Now, Sean Hess is actually the CEO and co-founder of the Wanderlust Festival. Uh, this is a festival that has on for the last 12 years. It started being uh, an event strictly designed for almost as a yoga retreat, but it's expanded to be an experience designed, uh, built around wellness, human interaction, uh, also having a good time. And me and Sean had the opportunity to really talk about that, about uh, Wanderlust's growth over the years, how he sees it continuing to grow. And, uh, it was a wonderful conversation, really, really fun guy. And I hope you enjoy this podcast with Mr. Sean Hess. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you.
0: All is well family friends. Yeah. I mean,
1: You know, it's obviously a uh, rather unusual, unprecedented time, but um, I am mercifully up here in the country uh, in New Hampshire where I grew up. Um, I took my family, I have two little kids and my wife, um, and we went up here to uh, the town where I went to high school. um, And, you know, it's been a freezing rainy spring, as you probably are aware. I don't know where you're <laughs> based, but other than that, I really don't have much to complain about. It's as good as it could be under the circumstances.
0: Well, I mean, that's it. It's as good as it can be. I think that's a bit generally what you hope for everybody in times like these. You know? so yeah. That, that's good to hear. Um, so, just getting into it, it's funny. I was researching you uh, before we talked, and I saw that your passion, you talked about how your passion for yoga, which obviously led to Wanderlust started out of a tragedy out of 9-11 and then that's how you first sort of discovered uh yoga and I always wonder because this is similar to my when, when I first discovered yoga was it love at first namaste or did it kind of take you a couple steps to get into it or was it just immediate when you started taking classes
1: yeah, it's actually, um, it's a good question. Well, I, I should probably start by clarifying that a little bit. I mean, I think actually my my business partner, Jeff might have, uh, who's my co-founder along with his wife and my old friend from college, also Skylar Grant. Um, and so um, it's true that you know, what? Ha- I had Jeff and I, who were old, old friends from college, also had started a music company. We were running this music company in the area down in lower Manhattan um, when nine eleven 11 struck. Um, and so we were locked out of our offices for a long time. And, you know, there was a long period of recovery. And one of the things that happened was, of course, everyone left New York and there was lots of space. And Skylar, who was actually originally more of a yogi, was looking for a place to open a new yoga studio called kula yoga project and so we uh introduced her to our landlord and she ended up opening her first yoga studio two floors up from our record label and artist management company that was still located down in that in that lower manhattan area on murray street um uh, warren street actually um and so um we um uh that was really what began the interchange and Skylar, you know, I think very much people were looking for a place to heal and yoga studios really formed that nexus of community and practice and mindfulness and sort of stress relief, I suppose, um, at that. And, you know, I guess the way I personally got into it was that I, um, Skylar started leading yoga retreats, and so at that time, Skylar was the yogi, I hadn't really dabbled at all. Um, and she started leading yoga retreats to Costa Rica on the Pacific coast, a place called the Osa Peninsula, which is just gorgeous jungle and undeveloped and really amazing, um, location. And I was initially attracted, you know, more by the nature, I suppose, than by the sure. yoga. Coast, um, Costa
0: Rica nature, I'm sure that helps you get, into yeah, exactly, a bit,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, and that was really my first experience down there was really on her retreats. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I still don't consider myself, you know, to be honest, a, a hardcore yogi. I have a, a what I consider a modest meditation practice and I, you know, get down on my mat and do some sun salutations and things like that. But I'm not I'm not compared to the level of practitioner but, who inhabits the world of yoga of Wanderlust. I'm sort of the I'm still the from a be like, I
0: get it.
1: Yeah, kidding. exactly. Exactly. Um, but you know, the there's a couple things that happened. I mean, that I just think kind of got us to where we are. I mean, first of all, the values of the yoga community, which was something that I think we were perhaps more in tune with than even the actual practice itself when we started Wanderlust, which is, you know, they're sort of people, I, we kind of think of them as, as, as seekers in some ways. They're people that are seeking to live a healthy and inspire life, a better life for themselves. They're also seeking to change the world and make the world a better place for themselves and their families and the people around them. And, you know, that reflects in a lot of ways from everything from probably political views to views on sustainability to what kind of car you drive, what kind of products you buy. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, that community, whether or not, you know, I was, you know, able to, you know, do a, uh, handstand for four minutes without falling over you know was like i think the values of yoga were actually more important in some ways than one's you know actual asana practice so in some ways that's that's i think really the the ground guiding and grounding i'm
0: sure based on your background in the music world that you immediately caught on to that similarities of that the people that are enthusiastic about a band or a music festival why wouldn't that apply to yoga who people
1: yeah, well actually that's that's very true. I mean, one of the one of the things that was striking when I went down on my first yoga retreat was holy crap, there are 30 people here. They're almost all women. They're all, you know, 28 to 35 years old. They're basically most of them are not wealthy or well to do by any means. They're just passionate about this and they're going to spend all of their disposable income on an experience around health and wellness and nature and yoga and community. And, you know, when your day job is still selling Relatively undifferentiated, you know, polycarbonate discs, <laughs> which at that time it was still the what, way the world was. Yeah, exactly. Who remembers this? Um, you know, you you you're sort of like, whoa, this is a real passion project, and also, you know, and I think there were some other things too that we sort of noticed over the years that were interesting. I mean, one thing I think is sort of women and gender equality, and how, you know, I really believe that most festivals had been designed for men mm. not women mm. and and you know it's not to say that we designed Wanderlust for women per se it's just that we knew that the major audience would be women and so we always built it from the ground up as a place that was inviting to all and really just in some small ways i think had a different viewpoint. I mean, I don't know, you know, and, and I, I've just observed that um, through the world that, you know, and of course, you know, there's this constant, I mean, you look at societal demographics, more women are going to college than men, and more women are therefore earning more, and the wage gap continues mercifully to close, and all of those things are happening. And so, you know, yeah, why wasn't there a festival sort of catering to? you know, the passions of of women, just as there are, I think, so many catering to the passions of men. So anyway, that was, that's another
0: interesting thing to to, uh, another question I had. So in any endeavor that you try to do specifically a a large scale event or experience, an underlying thing has to be, we're there to have a good time, to enjoy ourselves. We want everyone to to enjoy, have a good time. Is there, was there thought processes about, well, there's obviously fun, but the underlying meaning of wanderlust has a spiritual element to it. Is there any, in the development of it, this kind of, what does it mean to maybe have a spiritual good time at an event? Because it, it does have a shade of something rather than just, we all kick back and enjoy a cocktail or something like that. Like, you need to have an extra uh, level to it.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a very good question. And I think it's actually one of the most challenging things um, about the event. Um, and actually really over the years, it's one of the things that I think has also evolved a bit. Um, when we started Wanderlust, it was 2009. And at that time, yoga was, you know, I think at a place where it was still seen more less as a sort of mass thing that people do and really more of a spiritual practice. And it's not to say that that's, it's not a spiritual practice. Now I want to be very careful about how I say right. it, but I think that the appeal of yoga has broadened to a place where there are all different types of yoga practitioners some people who are deeply in, you know they're studying the sanskrit and they are aware of the history and the lineage and you know they're following lineage teachers and there's you know a deep connection to to be honest eastern religion eastern philosophies and then i think there's a lot of people who are also just practicing yoga because it makes them feel good and it's a Um, You know, it's something that is meaningful to their lives, but it's less of a perhaps spiritual practice. And I think Wanderlust has always tried to, you know, sort of be able to be both. I mean, in some level, you know, we're a festival, right? right? And festivals do, as you correctly said, need to be fun. Um, and if it's not fun, people are not going to come, at least not a lot of people, you know? Um, and so, That's not a review you know. know, like,
0: how was it? Not fun. Like,
1: hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, for us, and, and, you know, when we first started it, I think at first people's reaction was like, what? You're going to have a festival and there's going to be, you know, Rowdy concerts at night, and you're gonna have people drinking, and and then you're you're doing yoga, and you're you're saying that this yoga is is real, quote unquote, with real teachers, and you know, and and authentic, and and adhering to the tenets of the practice. So, how does that how does that sync up, you know? And we always believe that you know, in the modern life, you know, most of us are not the monastic in a cave on top of a mountain. We're actually Living a life that we're seeking to find balance in, and sure, a spiritual practice and a and you know a deep rooted practice like yoga or meditation has a huge role to play. But that doesn't mean you also don't want to get down on the dance floor and have a few glasses of wine. Right. And you know that was our sort of initial insight. But that I think was shocking in to a lot of people in 2009. And then, ironically, culture shifted so much. Where now, you know, I think more people view us as this sort of you know, very kind of serious, deep yoga transformational experience, which of course, we also are. But ironically, when we first came out, we were the weird, you know, <laughs> crazy kids who are like, drinking and dancing on the mountaintop while at the same time, you know, believing in these practices. And that so you know, that's just an example of, you know, the cultural shift that happened. But yeah, I mean, I think that we always saw wanderlust as a transformational festival sort of fitting in the category of transformational festival a place where you can go and discover something meaningful about yourself or discover practices that have the potential to change your life in a way that's hopefully positive um but you know transformational festivals can be fun burning man's a transformational festival too and it's a big party so you know i think there's 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 just a, a realm and obviously you know we We do have a strong health and wellness component, so we are, you know, emphasizing that. that.
0: Because obviously it -hmm. it started in 2009, the first sort of elements of it seem to be based on yoga specifically, but it's grown to be more spiritual, physical uh, health elements also included. When that was sort of discussed... Is there a process you guys went through? Because obviously you're bringing someone into the family; they're now a representation of what Wanderlust is about. Is it kind of done organically within a group? Do they need to? Is there something you guys decided of how someone would now become part of the Wanderlust uh, event family?
1: Well, I mean you know I, we we've always had people who primarily focused on what we kind of think of as talent um mm-hmm. talent being our teachers and experts and guides and you know it's everyone from the, the guy who can you know <laughs> blow fire out of his mouth or or the hooping artist to you know the very serious you know rod striker yogi type you know it, it's like there there's a wide range um you know i i would say that as much as yoga was the original core and the attractor, I mean, if you think of the original things that were the pillars of Wanderlust, it was yoga, music, and nature. Just to put it simply, I mean, that's really what it was. And 2009, it was like, come to a really beautiful place, practice with the greatest teachers in the world, and see some of the greatest bands in the world at night. And, you know, it's a very simple value proposition. That's really not a hard um,
0: sell. I mean, you've been, No, you've been I a mean, it
1: wasn't video. for me, but I guess, again, at the in the beginning, it was very- sort of, you know, a lot of people reacted. I mean, I think the yoga community loved it from the beginning. The people who didn't love it from the beginning were the people that were kind of more general interest in music fans. And we had a interesting reaction on that because we were, you know, just a, as a little bit of background, we were selling in year one, we had tickets where you could come for the music only and not be part of the yoga program. And, and we had an incredible lineup and nobody bought those tickets. Nobody. And so what I, what I concluded from that was that, that, you know, yoga is scary (laughs) to people who don't practice yoga. And I, and I kind of got it too, because I mean, for, for men and for a lot of men in particular, you know, yoga is kind of off putting in one way or another, either it's seen as challenging or weird or esoteric or something that women do or, 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 but you know, the fact was that we definitely had that experience. So, you know, that, that, that had us change the event, but, um, you know, to get back to your question, you know, we are looking for a couple of different things in talent. I mean, I, as I said, we don't see ourselves as we've grown as just the yoga festival. It's, right. you know, sort of more of a transformational wellness festival, I guess would be a better description. So that includes everything from talks and lectures and personal development to, you know, Uh, you know, outdoor activities, whether that's trying new things like climbing or (laughs) rafting or hiking to all sorts of fitness modalities, which I think just, you know, sort of strengthen the body, strengthen the mind to, um, you know, obviously music and the arts and food experiences and all sorts of different things. So, you know, what makes something Wanderlust? Well, uh, I think, you know, there is this sort of rubric of conscious living that pervades everything we do. And we're obviously looking for talent that I think in one way or another has an interest and a passion for that. I mean, you know, some of the examples on the music side that I always think back to are, you know, Moby, for instance, who, you know, obviously... (laughs) booming, banging, DJ, dance party guy known for, for years, but, but right, exactly. And you're, you're correct, but he's a vegan and he's also a meditator and he's also, you know, really passionate about health and wellness to a point of actual kind of obsession, I think. And, and so, you know, he fits perfectly and very brainy and smart and, you know, so fit perfectly in the Wanderlust ethos, which is like, yeah, bang out your concert at night, make everyone dance and move. But by day, he gave a talk on you know the neuro the neurology or the neuroscience of music and how music affects your brain and you know can literally rewire your synopses, and you know you 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 get kind of that brainy element on one hand by day or it's interesting informative you know also an opportunity for 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 our attendees to i think experience an artist in a whole new different way an opportunity for the artist to talk about something they're passionate about but that has nothing to do with their day job of music you know and so i think those kind of those kind of crossover points are things we're always seeking to find but you know the, the it's a broad platform you know wellness in general is almost a meaningless word i think because it's become so broad um you know for us uh you know, obviously the grounding core for us is, is, you know, yeah, yoga and meditation practice. But from there, I think there's a million other things that I think fit into how we think of wellness. Um, and we've just tried to select, um, interesting people in and around that, um, those categories.
0: Now you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, so maybe that would have been your example of it. I always like to ask this question, uh, during the podcast, uh, obviously when people, or, or if ever think about doing an event or ever been involved in an event, you throw a lot of ideas on the table and you pick and choose. And hopefully, you know, you just see if it works. And sometimes it doesn't work. And I was wondering if you feel, if you could share what times maybe it was the first year down the line where you're like, this sounds like a great idea. And you tried it and well, that really didn't work.
1: Uh, I mean, so many, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. No yeah. It. I mean, you're so many. You're
0: like, oh no, there was hitches. everywhere. everywhere. Yeah.
1: I mean, I envy the people that in some ways, I mean, you know, Wanderlust is such a cauldron of different ideas and different things brought together. I mean, sometimes I envy the people and not to make it sound like it's easy to create, for instance, a beautiful music festival experience. It's incredibly complicated, but you know, primarily what you're doing is creating a great lineup of musicians around certain genres that might overlap or have cross pollination. And then, you know, you run your event well, and that's kind of what it is our world is so high touch and, you know, I mean, there's so many venues and so much different programming and even talking about it, it makes it tough. So, you know, how do you, how do you know in advance what's going to work? I mean, to say it, honestly, you just don't, Um, you know, our uh, one example, you know, I mean, there's so many, but yeah, I mean, so you, we've touched on one, which was, you know, originally we designed a music festival and a yoga festival and we put them together in the same place And it turned out that nobody wanted to attend the music festival, but a lot of people wanted to attend the the yoga festival and see some music. So we quickly realized, wait a minute, that wasn't the right approach. What we should be doing is just having a few bands at night rather than a whole day of music and music programming, because most of the people seem to want to, you know, work out and practice and meditate and run and climb mountains during the day. And then at night they want to dance and have a few glasses of wine. And so that, that is, that was, you know, a major shift from 2009 to 2010. Um, but, you know, there've been many other things. I mean, you know, there's economic lessons. We, our first year in a oh, fit of hubris. So we, yeah, I mean, we we built, we, we had this unique situation at Squaw Valley where legendarily, I think in 1991, Bill Graham produced a Jerry Garcia band concert on top of the mountain. And this was possible because Squaw Valley has one of, I think, four or three funatels in the world and the funatel is like an ultra high capacity uh gondola that can bring 3500 people an hour up a mountain so with that kind of capacity lift capacity they had this concert and i think bill graham lost his shirt and if, and if bill graham lost his shirt one should assume that i'm certainly at least my shirt and uh but but no we just had to recreate it so we built a stage on top of the mountain and turned on the funital at great expense and ferried 10,000 people or or planned to ferry 10,000 people up the mountain but of course, 10,000 people didn't pay. And so it became a financial bloodbath. Um, you know, one of the other, you know, many things. It was an incredible idea and, an, you know, incredible experience. But God, what a financial it sounds debacle. Right.
0: Again, it's, well, you're it, in the room, you're talking about it. I can't imagine that yeah. excited as, as hell about it. Like, let's we're going to do this yeah. on a mountain.
1: Yeah. Like, I hey. mean, and it was pretty amazing. I mean, here you were, I mean, getting on a gondola to go up a mountain to see a full-fledged concert with snow still on the ground, you know, I mean, there's, there was an amazing experience part about it, but it's just, unfortunately, you know,
0: But, but, the, it, but it wasn't, wasn't, meant to, it wasn't um, meant to be. It wasn't meant to be, but yeah, it, it seems like that is something though, that yeah, obviously, as you said, mistakes happen, but your audience, you have cultivated it and they are advocates. I, I when I, I actually found out about you guys from a uh, close friend who went to Wanderlust and was I was looking at it I realized it has a very much of a camp mentality and I was wondering if you find them sure, I know obviously your website you have a lot of uh, videos and you have to be f- you know, forward technology wise obviously to connect to your audience but do you still feel that a general element of marketing and excitement that comes from the festival is still a lot of word of mouth through people almost like camp like I kept thinking like it's like a, almost a summer camp and you have to go back otherwise you're not connected in the same way.
1: Yeah. Well, summer camp for grownups. I've called it that many times. Um, And it is definitely like that in terms of the activities you're doing and the kind of emphasis on, I don't know, you know, yoga and fitness and just being outdoors and exercising community activities and all that stuff. So yeah, it it definitely has that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's always a big part of it. I mean, you know, I think anytime you're, you're really appealing to kind of a focused niche of people who self-identify in a certain way as I'll call it wellness enthusiasts or yoga enthusiasts or whatever, that that you end up getting more of that because it is just a passion play for the people that are involved. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's also the beautiful thing about creating an experience that's absolutely unique. The bad thing about it is that it's so hard to describe what it is Mm -hmm. until you go there. And it makes marketing incredibly challenging. The good part about it is that once people go there, they say, "Holy shit, <laughs> that was amazing and completely unexpected, and also repeatable." Which is the other thing too, because it's always a little different. And It's always the experience is different, the music is different, the things you're doing are different, and you know, people are there a little different. So it's 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 one of the other things that I thought, which is that you know, you, you could go back year after year because it's not it's not like I don't know. I mean, not to any disrespect to the amazing event that is, for instance, Color Run. But Color Run is kind of the same right? every time you do it, at least my understanding of it is. And so, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe you do it a couple of times, but are you going to do it every year for 10 years? Probably not. But but I think one of us does have that aspect in the same
0: way that, you know, I Burning think, Man
1: or Lightning I, in the I Bottle or certain other. It, it is the best marketing
0: too. tool in a lot of ways when someone says, well, how was it? And they say, you got it. You just got to go. like That mm-hmm. in itself is a phenomenal marketing tool. Cause like, come on, you can tell me how it is. Like, I can't, like not to its fullest. It is. You have to see it for yourself.
1: Yeah. And I would say that, you know, over the years, well, I don't think we've been, we've been as good at harnessing as that as some, some events might be. I mean, I think for us, there's a funny tension between online and IRL, you know, I mean, obviously we're trying to encourage real experiences. We're trying to get people off their phones, focusing, living in the present, living in the moment. And then at the same time, you know, so much of marketing has to take place in that digital space. So I think it's always something we've been a little bit, I mean, I don't, you know, I wouldn't consider ourselves a leader in that area, but, but, you know, that said, it yeah it's definitely critical to have that word of mouth and yeah i think we have it you know i think one thing that's been interesting is also trying to get the next generation in and that's been i think a, a little more challenging than i expected um but i think it's partially because for us and i realize we've done this and it's one of the things i think we have to change a little bit is that there was it was so hard to describe what wanderlust is that the you know it became easier to just kind of think of it as, oh, it's a yoga festival with, you know, great music or something like that, you know? And the problem with that is that once, if you're trying to reach a consumer for whom yoga is not center to their personal practice, Wanderlust might still be the perfect experience for them, but you're probably missing that person now because you've you've kind of pigeonholed it in a way that it isn't. I mean, yes, of course, it'd be weird to go to Wanderlust and not do any yoga, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people who go to yoga, you wander less and do, you know, one yoga class a day or one yoga class in three days and have all these other amazing experiences and are still very much part of the fabric of the community. And, you know, it, it's just tough to tell that story. I think it's always been one of our, our really big challenges is, um, you know, is, how to
0: well, is talk that, about it. Is that in a lot of ways why like, uh, you, you're starting to wander less passport? was that something inspired by that where it's like listen maybe you you can go to some place in a different country and take in this environment and what's exciting to to meet new people is like you're going to meet them in chile you're going to meet them in australia you're going to be able to go and be able to take in the vibe of wanderlust but it's going to be just that vibe is just different in another country than it is in yours.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, God, there's a number of reasons why that made sense for us. I mean, a couple of them are sort of, so first of all, there's actually the name itself and, you know, somewhere along the way over time, I started to feel a little strange that, you know, it's called Wanderlust and it's yet, in the same place. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's in the same place, A and then B, it's not only in the same places, but it's like, even in the same country, you know? And I started to think, God, it would be great I mean, the whole idea is cross pollination of ideas and communities and sort of, you know, human inspiration through contact with inspiring humans. And so, you know, how can you do that if it's always kind of the same groups coming again? So that, and then, you know, even as I was thinking that we started to have a lot of outreach from people around the world who became trusted partners, who started launching Wanderlusts in, yeah, as you say, Chile and Australia and, you know, Germany and, you know, really all over the world now. And so, it made sense for a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, it sort of was the realization, I suppose, the kind of almost accidental realization of a of a long desire that I and my co-founders had, which was yeah, this should be about cultural exchange, as well as, you know, exchange of ideas and practices and other things. And that's one thing. And then the other thing was, of course, just the reality of it, which was all around the world, all these people popped out of the woodwork and said, I want to run a wanderlust here. Will you give me a license? And, you know, they became friends and partners. And, and now we needed a way to kind of knit the whole thing together. And, one of the other things that I'll I'll say which is a little more a little more geeky technical but it's like you know one of the things when we yeah we started to look at the data and you know most people went to one wanderlust festival in a year and that makes sense cuz it's kind of a bucket listy thing to do and how many people have time to go to multiple festivals and things like that but we thought to ourselves well geez you know if we could just it, it it's almost like since most people are only going to one anyway we could offer all of them for really very little more money than one and kind of create this community of true wanderers, people who are these roaming groups who are traveling around the world because I've basically made it economically possible. And for us, there's still a small advantage I mean, having a person come, even if they're only paying, you know, the effective of $50 more or whatever to go to that festival is still a plus from, from an experience perspective. It still brings new fresh life into the festival obviously they're helping the resorts by you know renting hotel rooms and things that we have nothing to do with economically but it's still a a win for the for the our partners so you know it kind of made sense on a number of levels and on as there as well and and you know and that happened it was one of the coolest things i mean it wasn't a huge group but there were a couple hundred people that you know were literally roaming around the world and going to you know 10 wanderlust festivals in a year and i I just thought it was the the coolest thing you know it's like being that passionate about it it's almost like this concept of a, a tribe you know a sort of modern tribe and I, I i i love that and you know wished we had built it could have built it more but you know 2019 was um you know it happened and then uh you know 2020 obviously is not that <laughs> anymore yeah. so that's where we are
0: i mean i mean i don't even want to in a lot of ways say what do you think because i think the general answer to most of large scale event questions is a big shrug at this point it's still too early to, to tell in a lot of ways um, but do you, do you, are you hearing from your audience still of just like we miss you you know look forward to coming back is it you know still keeping a connection to to the group to uh, obviously knowing it's not happening right now but that you know that they, they 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 they're thinking about each other that they're all staying in contact and wanting to see each other soon
1: yeah um yeah i think people are would be psyched but i think there's the psychs mixed with the fear you know i mean i i think you know everybody's craving i mean you know the little examples i see is we have our online video platform we just started doing live streaming classes there we're also doing live classes for free on instagram live and you know there's just a huge hunger for live and it's really funny to think about because I, I trip out on a little bit anyway, which is that live over video over the internet. I mean, you can't even tell the difference, right? Like you wouldn't know if it were live or not live. It right. could be pre-recorded. Or not, but everyone is so into live right now, and the reason they're into live is because we're all craving this sense in our brains that we're doing something with other people simultaneously, and we're on the same page in the same place with a bunch of people, even if I can't see them. I know they're out there and it's meaningful for me to know that they're out there, even though, you know, it's a complete fiction, you know, obviously it's like, we don't know they're out there. And frankly, you know, as I said, we, you know, you you could be just, it might not be live at all, but, but this is what I'm seeing. And I'm seeing it in yoga studios and our yoga studios also, and also, you know, other studio people I talk to and just, you know, people are craving it. So my sense is that, you know, People really, really miss the live in-person connectivity and are finding any way they can. But, you know, will they come flooding back to mass participation festivals? Uh, you know, I mean, my gut is not that quickly, um, unfortunately, um, just because I think that there's going to be a long period where there's going to be some, you know, ebbs and flows of outbreaks. And just it's just think of it as, like, sort of a depressant, in a way, you know, and I think that that's going to last for a long time before people are completely it's, free it's again. A,
0: it's a hard, it's <clears> a hard first step. It's a bit, you know, just going into something like that. It's like you can wait in the, the shallow end of the pool going into it, but unfortunately, festivals feel like, ooh, you know, you yeah. jump all the way in. So well, I mean, it's it you know, going to take some time. You're
1: right. And traditionally, festival tickets are non-refundable you know i mean obviously refundable if the event gets canceled but they're not fundable if you're just worried for instance and so you know i really you know the reason we were fairly early out in our decision to cancel the events and there's a few reasons for that uh, for 2020 at least our u.s events the ones we're producing ourselves u.s canada and um the you know one reason is just Sort of a sense of obligation to who we are. We're a health and wellness event, and obviously the last thing I want to do is produce an event that might harm anyone's health or wellness. You know, it's like sort of a yeah. totally different category than a than a music festival might be. I think, but but the other reason is just that you know I started to think about it. I mean, you know, Wanderlust is a it's a complicated decision, particularly our festivals. You know, you have to plan and buy travel and buy plane tickets and buy lodging and obviously buy a ticket, which is you know and and you know in that time of uncertainty, who's going to do that? Even if it starts to improve, is that the first thing you're going to do? No, it's probably the last thing you're going to do. And so I started looking at that and thinking, well, geez, you know, if I mount these events and go spend, I mean, they're expensive, obviously, to produce like any large scale festival. And so, you know, I was really looking at a situation where we might, you know, put ourselves out of business effectively by mounting these costs and then trying to sell tickets in an environment where people just don't have the confidence necessary to take a deep plunge on, as you say, a complicated, you know, or deep dive, uh, you know, jump in with both feet's experience like a festival purchase. So yeah. anyway, that was, that was my thinking. So,
0: yeah. But, but, you know, I, I think what, what's so great is that you're, you're continuing to do it. You're finding a way to connect and the audience will, is responding to you, you know, in, in the, in through video. And, you know, when all of the, Everything's a rotation. If You look at in the big spiritual sense, you know, like things come around. So I, I, I think you guys are going to be in a great shape when it's, however, you know, you decide to reengage from maybe a festival side, maybe it's smaller. I think you're going to have a really, uh, your audience is going to follow you guys. They're going to remember the good, they can remember the good times, you know, yeah, <laughs> they're right. Remember camp. They're remember right. Camp. Like, remember
1: well, camp. we all remember, remember camp, camp, don't we? It's amazing. Yeah. Such indelible memories I would say camp is really yeah no I I think you're right and I'm excited for 2021 to see what happens I mean currently some of our international events are still kind of tentatively moving forward I'm not sure they're going to be able to happen but they haven't been canceled yet some of my international partners kind of had a different view on how to do it and I was fine with that I mean they're obviously going to make sure that they're just going to make their decision a little closer to game time which I think is totally totally fine too um and, you know, 2021 will be a new wo- world for us all. I mean, I I think, um, I don't think that the human need for connective in-person experiences is going to wane. And in fact, if anything, I think it's going to sort of be a lot of pent-up demand. So at some point, you know, I expect that. I, uh,
0: I, I think it's going to multiply. And yeah, just because no. people are going to invest in it more, just as much as health, and you, you're going to get the combo because people are going to realize person like real human experiences is good for their health. And you have a festival that's also... Good for your health. You're going to get a double whammy on that
1: one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hope you're right because <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely a challenging time. Good time to be yeah. in podcasting. Not a great yeah, time to right. be in the festival events business, but what are you going to do? Well, well, hey, John,
0: thank you so much for, for coming on the, the podcast today. Good luck with, with everything. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch. And when things start kicking again, maybe we'll even a chance to, to talk in the future. But uh, good luck to you, say, and health and happiness to your family as well.
1: Great. Well, thanks. Same to you and yours. And it's very much been a pleasure to be on. So uh, best of luck with the podcast.
0: Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: Again, we want to thank Sean so much for being on the podcast today. If you want to find out more about Wanderlust, you can go to Wanderlust dot com. Uh, If you want to find out more about Return on Experience, we are available on Facebook on Return on EXP, also on Twitter on Return on EXP. And I'm telling you, this week, I'm going to do it. We're going to have the whole Instagram and everything up. And also, we are going to be loading all of the uh, first four episodes, including this episode with Sean, up on YouTube this week. So take a look and be ready for that one. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast, everybody. And uh, talk to you soon. We'll have our audience reaction for Wanderlust later this week.
2: Hello,
0: hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing good. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful day here. Is it a beautiful day there?
2: It's a medium day here.
0: Medium day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like we're now prescribing temperatures today. It's like it's a medium rare day. It's a medium well day. It's yeah, <laughs> it's medium rare. That's that's it uh hi casey
2: hi uh
0: yeah i was thinking before we we get into like what the general little topic of the day you know it's figured you know on this side of what we're talking about in terms of uh wanderlust you know i I, I don't know if you know from our podcast perspective but it's designed to talk about someone who's an audience member who would go to wanderlust but i think before we go into that we should talk about why you'd be such a good example of somebody who does that. So I, th- I think we should talk about just you in general and your audience, because one thing that y- I think you absolutely, i know what I personally know about you and how you absolutely connect to the Wanderlust audience is that for a while now, uh, your journey has been about not only health, but wellness. And you took that to heart and it's really, it, it is who you are in terms of who you are as a person and also your business I was wondering if you could possibly share a little bit of your background with that uh, just sort of your journey to being someone who's so uh how that world of wellness and health is so important.
2: Yes, yes, I would love to um so yeah, so i i i mean I'm definitely a, a candidate to love and be obsessed with want or lust, which i am i'm a, a registered yoga teacher, I'm a lifelong yogi practitioner, and um yeah i I've been in and around the wellness space for a very long time now. Um, so, by trade, I am a wellness and accountability coach, and something that I like to differentiate a little bit is the difference between health and wellness. So health is one thing. Health is just about the biological functioning of your body, right? But wellness, which is you know closer to what I actually do as a coach, is tied in with a lot of stuff. It's not just your physical body, but it's your mentality. it's your mental wellness. And I think that there's so much more that goes into wellness than goes into health. And one thing I really like about Wanderlust is it kind of um, caters to all of you. It nourishes all the parts of you, not just your physical body, which, you know, is um, a very important part of an awesome practice. Um, but it, it also includes meditation and a speaking series and dance parties and things that are, you know, kind of nourishing for the soul as well. Um, so yeah, so I've been a wellness and accountability coach for about five years now, and I've been going to Wanderlust for about the same amount of time.
0: Coincidental. <laughs> Look at that.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, obviously, you sort of touched upon it that, you know, obviously, Wanderlust really uh, touches upon a lot of different elements of that space, whether it's, like you said, physical, mental wellness. Is that something that it, it seems like that is something that they actually embrace, that maybe what somebody is going to a wanderlust event for is absolutely not the same as what another person is. And that diversity of thought, that diversity of purpose is very much wanderlust, that that is okay, that obviously everyone is looking for something different when they go.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is very diverse and you get people coming for all sorts of things. You get, you know, I've, I've met women going through divorces who are really just in it. They're in a dark place and they want to experience a little joy. And, um, you know, they end up going to the meditation practices and many of them, they're on the very beginning parts of their yoga journey. Um, and it's, it's more just about kind of seeking solitude for them. And then you meet, you know, these guys who are in their twenties 20- and they're burners and they're just coming to like have alcoholic kombucha and go to the dance party, <laughs> and have a great time and celebrate life and i think it's just such a, a beautiful place for all of these different types of people seeking all different types of things to gather and just kind of celebrate the art of seeking in general
0: it's a uh... It's interesting and I would imagine like even for you personally like the first wanderlust that you went to maybe you went with the goal of A and by the fourth one it was B almost like a camp thing right to a degree it's like you Mm. you know you know the ground a little bit more like you're a freshman or a new kid on the block when you first get (laughs) to camp and you're like I don't know what to do and then by the by the fourth one you're like you know the spaces and the cool spots you know (laughs) a little bit more.
2: (laughs) Yeah definitely. Um, so I, I was kind of lucky in how I was introduced to Wanderlust. Um, my friend, Shannon Algio, he's actually the, the founder and host of a very successful podcast called Soul Feed, which I very much recommend. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, he's been my friend for a while. And I went to one of his workshops in New York City, and he was giving away free Wanderlust tickets to some of the attendees. And I was lucky enough to get one of those free tickets. And so I, uh, I ended up commuting up there with him and he was presenting at Wanderlust. So he was able to kind of give me a a little inside window into what it's all about. But even with that, I was still totally and utterly blown away. I mean, Mm. it just felt like utopia i like i would leave my this is probably not a good thing to say but i would just leave my bags in the middle of a lawn because i had so much faith that this was such a peaceful gathering of people that no one would steal my stuff and coming from new york city i mean that was yes. that was ballsy that was a very bold move that,
0: that that's um, on a natural reaction when you're when you're in a place like i'll just leave a bag <laughs> in a field like that'll be fine
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, and it was just such a cool community of people. Um, I It's definitely gotten more diverse mm-hmm. as the years have gone on in terms of skill level and, you know, what people are coming for. But when I first went, it was definitely a lot more kind of industry insiders and yoga teachers. And it was just such a cool group to be around. It's really life affirming to be around that type of community.
0: And And do you think also, because obviously this is your profession rather than like, you know, Like I said, like you said, there are people that are going through a whole different things that are not necessarily in the wellness space as a profession that go. Um, But as a Mm -hmm. professional uh, base, did you do you feel that there was something like in terms of how you addressed it, maybe business wise, as you continued to grow, like you recognize that maybe you need to set up some time while you're there? not maybe w- with all purpose to do business, but to be like, listen, these are my peers. We work in the same, similar space, have to do a little bit of networking. Or is it one? like, if it happens, it happens. And I'm not going in with any preconceived notions of of uh, maybe a business game plan or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I tend to not go in with any preconceived notions. Um, also, you know, like, wellness is my profession, but it's also very much my hobby still. And right after I got my yoga certification several years ago, I I kind of taught yoga for a little bit. And then I realized like, oh, if I teach this, I don't really have like an amazing hobby that's just for me anymore. So I I let go Hmm. of actually teaching yoga because it's something that I, I really wanted to just be a practitioner of. I didn't want to get too into my teacher head. Um, you know, I didn't want it to be too performative. I wanted it to be something that was still experiential for me. So I'm very much in um, student mode rather than kind of you know teacher coach mode when I'm at these festivals. So yeah, I mean, but that said, I have met a lot of people and I've made a lot of really cool business connections. But it's it's totally accidental and it just comes from this really genuine, authentic place where, you know, you just meet like-minded people and other people who are in your industry and passionate about what you're passionate about. So it's cool. Things. And and it's
0: odd because like you said, it seems like like-minded comes from just that initial point of everybody going there. Even if from an outside situation, you, you probably wouldn't speak to them based on a lot of preconceived notions. The being at Wanderlust already puts you at ease to talk with people of all different kinds, you know, that you would be, uh, yes. at first be like, ah, I'm not sure about that. Or, or my initial reaction is not maybe to have a conversation with them, but now you're more open to it probably. Right.
2: Right. And again, like I said, you know, in terms of what people are coming there for, and you know their backgrounds and everything they're bringing with them, um it's gotten more and more diverse over the years. But the one thing that everyone has in common that shows up to these festivals is they're ready to celebrate life and they're ready to celebrate mindful living and the active seeking and you know being a part of something bigger than themselves, you know it's like going to church in some mm. ways so um, everyone has that kind of core piece in common. And it just really quickly breaks down all the other barriers. So when I say like-minded, it's not that people are necessarily all alike, but they're all right. there for that one key piece.
0: And and part of that too also comes from like some people hone into one part over the other. Like, I guess there's, there's a whole thing of mm-hmm. uh, the early crew and the late night crew. Right. I guess that's a division (laughs) between a wanderlust is like there are people 5am up, grab the kombucha, we're ready to do yoga first thing in the morning. And then people like, boy, we had a good time last night. We're probably going to wake up maybe a little bit later to, 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 to to enjoy the day. Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or you're like me and you do both and you need a week to recover. That's
0: right. That's right. It's a, (laughs) it's a, it's like, I'm so glad I had this vacation and now I need a vacation. (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) um is there I guess there's always I I I know we sort of touched on it already when we talk about wellness and is there have you found a growth of the idea of obviously like when you go and you look on the website and you you see the growth of it there is wellness in terms of there's the, the physical wellness side in terms of maybe nutrients and supplements and things that people could be looking at to help them. And that side, then the mental wellness, have you found, they're both obviously a prominent part about wanderlust and a lot of experts are there discussing it. Um, have you seen a switch maybe at all a little bit more over your time there that's maybe it's more focused on mental over nutrition. It's still a combination of both, uh, have you seen sort of a dynamic change in terms of that? I know wellness is such a weird thing because like you even talked about, it's kind of different from every, for everybody really. And so, but uh, just curious if you've seen it lean in maybe one direction over the other.
2: Right. Yeah. It's a fluid term. I mean, I I think I've seen a shift at the festivals, but also I've seen a shift in our culture Mm -hmm. and how we approach health and wellness. And I feel like every year that goes by, we get closer and closer to, wellness as its own thing rather than just health and your physical body and there's really no way to extrapolate the two you know if you're if you're happy if you are positive if you are mindful your body is going to respond to that in real time if your body is crap you know if you're eating cheetos and you know drinking 7 cups of coffee a day you know that's going to have a feedback loop on your mental health as well so it's it's all this ongoing mushy integrated feedback that's happening all the time. But as a culture, I think we're getting much more comfortable with the idea of mental wellness and viewing that as something that is just as important as the food you put into your body or the exercise that you do on the day to day. And I think Wanderlust has embraced that. And you know, also it's kind of hard to know for sure is Wanderlust a little different than it was when I first started going mm-hmm. to the festivals? Or am I a little different than I was when I first started going right.
0: to the festivals? It is, it is sort of... probably both. It is. And like, bringing back to the camp analogy, you know, it's like how you feel about camp first year to maybe if you come back for the fourth time, it's just different. Like you're still gaining mm-hmm. knowledge and experiences from it, but obviously the newness has faded a little. And so now you're, you're taking it in from a different set of eyes in that way. Mm, so, okay. so just to clarify, seven cups is bad. Is that what you're saying in this moment? <laughs> oh,
2: that's a whole other conversation. All right, maybe. I guess we'll talk later. We'll
0: talk. We'll talk later um, about that. Uh, now, have you met people who have done the passport situation? I don't know, have you seen that? Where obviously Wanderlust expanded from mm. one thing, and now it is actually something that goes across the world in a lot of different events. And I know uh, Sean is sort of uh, encouraging uh, program of like, you can actually jump from different uh, wanderlusts. Have you heard of any of your friends uh, within your group or for people who have done that, who've done a little like wanderlust event jumping uh, to different countries mm. and cities?
2: So I think that's a new option as of last year. Mm-hmm. And I personally definitely considered it because it's very economical if you're really into these things. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't meet anyone who was actually in the process of doing it. But that said, I have gone to different wanderlusts at different locations. Mm-hmm. In case you're wondering, Lake Tahoe is my favorite. It, um, it
0: seems like that was my one. When I heard about <laughs> the options, I'm like, got it, that one. That one seems like yeah. one I, I would focus on too. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I'm also, I'm from California and my, my grandparents lived in Lake Tahoe. So oh, yeah. I have a lot of good associations there, but oh man, it is just so fun. It is so yeah. fun. no, it. Um, but yeah, last year I went to the Vermont one and that was great too. That was the first one I went to. I think every, every wanderlust has its own flavor and its own kind of local talent.
0: Right. And obviously now one element and has to Uh, do with the world that we're living in at this time, they have a stronger online presence and there's a lot of classes being taught online and and, uh, a lot of the the experts are communicating with the audiences online. Um, Do you find, I mean, I'm I'm kind of setting it up to probably it's not the same, but do you, are you getting any An element of it, do you feel like you're still like it's a wonderful way to still connect to the community? You're gaining knowledge from uh, the one less community still with the online classes while obviously recognizing that the intimate experience is probably what's most preferable (laughs) for people.
2: Right. Of course. It's different, you know in the same way that a Zoom hangout is different than actually going to happy hour with someone in real life. It's just a different thing. Um, But that said, I actually, I've really enjoyed Wanderlust TV a lot. Um, And, you know, I came from New York City before quarantine. Mm -hmm. So I was used to physically going to classes all the time. Um, But in the absence of that, I've gotten really into my home yoga practice. And I, I just think, out of all the platforms, Wanderlust TV is definitely the best. It's just got the highest production value. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with all of the teachers. I'm actually 11 days into Light walk 21-day meditation challenge, which is really great. I took one of his, uh, or two of his classes actually, um, a couple of years ago when I was at the, uh, the Lake Tahoe mm. Festival, and, and he's just great. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, you're doing it alone. You don't really feel as much of that sense of community. Right. But also, you know, one of my friends who went to the festival with me last year, like we're doing this meditation challenge simultaneously and we're taking classes together. And um, we've got kind of a cool routine where we'll either do a live stream class or kind of, you know, do our own classes on the platform. And then we'll get together on Zoom afterwards and have a little happy hour. And that's, that's kind amazing. Of fun. You know, it's like, yeah.
0: Well, I I mean, I I guess that is, listen, that the, I think it's overall intention from that is to be like, listen, we know we can't all get together and do this, but if you can expand upon it, do the class, do a meditation. And then from there, hopefully you stay connected, right? You're still creating the community Mm -hmm. outside of us in that way, right?
2: Yeah. And, you know, it does offer things that you cannot get in a Mm. class. You know, a home practice is a very different thing. And I think I personally prefer like feeling that connection to the teacher, to the rest of the class, like, you know, the, the whole IRL situation, but there's also something that's really nice about making it something that is deeply personal and, you know, just really sitting with your own body and you know there's no sort of performative element of you know oh all these people are doing this really cool arm balance and i should do that you know there's a much more honoring of you know what i don't need to do that arm balance today i can't do it but I, i'm just gonna not because my wrist hurts right. a little bit and that's fine it's it's a, a new flavor and and both have their benefits
0: sure. i'm always a big proponent of that specific yoga because when everyone does the back bends i'm like i can't I just can't <laughs> my wrist. It's a wrist thing. And I'm always like, it's like, I wish I could bond with all of you in this moment, yeah. but in this moment, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to refrain <laughs> uh, from,
2: mm, I think you're bonding more that takes so much strength to be like, I'm going to be the one person who's not going to yeah. do the back bend. That's, that's advanced yoga. Yeah. It's no
0: what well, it's knowing your limitations. And in my practice, exactly. this is something I'm going to just, not engage with for my practice. I'm going to not practice this. (laughs) My choice. I'm
2: the the not practicing. It is the
0: non-practice part of my practice. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's also something where it's interesting at an event like at this, or even experiences like this, where the reward is constantly changing. You know, it, it, I think when people go to things, a lot of time, it's very specific. Um, you go to a, a music festival, you go to like the electric Daisy and it's like, you go to see an artist or you go to see music and it's a release. And I think what's really, what you find from the community of doing the research of, of Wanderlust is that if you need quiet, it's good. If you need energy, it's mm. good. If you want both, it's good. And that is, and and the answer to all of that is that, yes, it's a yes and to a, co- a live community experience, which I, I think is hard for people because you you go in, you almost, it, sometimes people go in like, give me the answers, like I'm going there to get a very specific reaction. And I think specificity is not mm. what Wanderlust is about. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a really nice way to put
1: oh, that. Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs>
2: um and yeah, I mean like if you're <laughs> if you're if you're going to a music festival, you're going to get a lot of one type of thing, but you know, we're so complex as humans and in any given day, we just have so many different needs. You know, late in the afternoon, we might get tired, but first thing in the morning, we might have a ton of energy and that's what I really like about wanderlust is you can you can go for a very vigorous long run and you can also sit quietly on a rock and meditate to cello music. And you can have an alcoholic kombucha fueled dance party at night. And you can also have a really quiet, sober, peaceful dinner. You know, it's all of the things and you don't have to choose or tease apart any of the different parts of yourself. You can just embrace all of them simultaneously the part of you that wants to party the part of you that wants to be very somber and reflective the part of you that wants to dance and jump around with joy the part of you that wants to cry in a, a tapping class you know it's like it's all of the things that's what makes it so special I
0: think I, I yeah I mean I think you said that perfectly is that it, it's you you're running down the list and you don't have to choose you can let it come to you uh, organically which I think is what makes it attractive overall to, to all the attendees that, that go, uh, Well, you, well, listen, mm-hmm. you say something perfectly. That's it. Casey, you said it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, be safe out there wherever you are always uh, with what you're doing. And listen, tell the people if they are looking for you, where they can find you uh, out there. If they're looking for, they're like, Oh, she sounds smart and fun. I would love to utilize that young lady services. <laughs> so if you wanna <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. Well I'm at Health on the Rocks. So I have a, a decent present on Instagram. So you can find me there. My name's just mm-hmm. Health on the Rocks. I'm also at healthontherocks.com. Um, and if you want to learn more about, you know, wellness and accountability coaching and what that's all about, I'm I'm happy to sit down with anyone and break it down. Um, and yeah, and definitely, as you know, quarantine continues to be a thing. I definitely I recommend Wanderlust TV a lot. I've I've really enjoyed it, and especially this 21 day meditation mm. challenge. It's really added a lot of um, depth and flavor into. You know, an, an otherwise uh, monotonous yeah, time. Yeah, it sounds safe.
0: So you're saying now I need to make an appointment with you to talk about the seven cups of coffee. Is that what we're the bottom line we're getting to <laughs> through all this?
2: Yeah, we we got to talk. We that's talk. that's not well.
0: Okay, all right, we'll talk. This is a separate conversation. That's not for the, <laughs> that's for the podcast. Thank you so much, Casey, again for 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 coming on the show, and uh, we'll talk soon. Good talking with you.
2: Yes, Namaste. Namaste.
0: Be good out there. <laughs>
2: All right, you take too. care. Be Bye. well.